0: Hi friends. I'm Katie. And I'm Olivia. And we are Podcast by Proxy, Canadian True Crime.
1: Welcome. We're live. With another long episode, I think. With another long episode. I mean, I kind of prefaced everybody about what the episode was gonna be she did so she tried. If, if you did end up watching the documentary you know there's like a lot to it so, so much but we're gonna go over it all and we're gonna talk about it i gave katie homework to watch it Yeah, the guys were laughing when i saw you yesterday and they were like go finish your homework i was like yep. shut up yeah also for everyone that's been like listening regularly you'll know that we were chatting about a cat a couple weeks ago that katie was Mm -hmm. trying to get me to adopt and i was not taking the bait and well he came home with me today she took the bait guys she took the bait i took the bait and i got a new cat so i will post a picture of marshall on our instagram but sir marshall he's He's so sweet He's so cute. So I'm just praying that him and my chihuahua get along, basically. You
0: know, as long as they each are
1: okay to set a boundary and given a little bit of room to get along, they'll be fine. Well, he's in my laundry room right now, and I actually left the door open, so when we first got home, he was kind of, like, wandering into the kitchen, and she literally took one look at him and just walked, like, just kept. Going she's about like, her oh business. hell no <laughs> no she just kept going about her business like she was super unbothered he almost seemed more curious about her than she did yeah. about him so that's to me as a good sign because I really thought she would be the problem um but yeah yeah she's the problem child normally yeah a hundred percent like she's the a dog that hates me she's an only child and she she has an attitude so I really thought it was gonna be her but uh no she was really good so. Maybe she's chilled out from her overstimulated camping weekend. Yeah, it might have been, like, the perfect
0: time to just, like, slide in another pet while she's, like, confused and tired. And then she'll wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot we picked him up. Well, whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She is usually really good on, like, a two-night camping trip if it's just us and, like, another couple that has a dog kind of thing but we don't usually take her on like the group trips and let me tell you she was tired by day three (laughs) yesterday she was like just grumpy i could tell she was ready to go home she never likes me
0: so i never expect her to be nice to me (laughs) like and i'm not kidding like i just i have never expected your dog to like me since like god like
1: day two she was sitting with simon so i don't know that's not me. She liked all the guys. She was sitting with everyone. Four. I know. Kidding. I know. Just um, kidding. But yeah, we do have like a long-ish episode. It may turn into two parts, so I guess could probably just get into it. I don't have a lot. I to... have a feeling it's going to be two based on the way that she's talking
0: people. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this.
1: Yeah, let's just get right into it. I don't think we have like a lot to share this week other than that I got a cat. Which is big, because he's the best, and I'll be honest,
0: I'm a little sad he's gone. No. Yeah, but he's that's okay.
1: really, he's really cute. He is big, but he's so cute. Bigger, better things. Yes. Get uh, it, boy. So today we are headed to the east coast of Canada. Um, we're going to go to Nova Scotia. Um, we're discussing the disappearance of Kenley Matheson. Now, this is a missing persons case from 1992, um, but there has been some recent movement on the case in the last couple of months. There was a search done in June of this year. Um, so we're gonna kind of go over all of it, which is, you know why it, why it might why we might be here a while because it's a 30 year old cold case, case a 30 year old cold case and there's just a lot. To get through. So Kenley Matheson was 20 years old when he m- went missing in September of 1992. At the time, he was attending Acadia University in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, with his younger sister Kairen. And to this day, Kenley has never been found. The documentary "Missing Kenley" was created over a number of years, and the premiere took place on September 20th and 21st of 2022 which was the 30th anniversary of his disappearance
0: um it is pretty crazy how long they were making this like in terms of collecting footage and putting it all together to recent searches like oh yeah like it's hard to tell like when would you be like okay guys we got to pull the trigger and release this like when is enough information right because it feels like it's do we release it now
1: yeah, I think that uh, if you watch the documentary, you can kind of see that like why they chose to wrap it up and release it when they did. Um, the last couple of episodes, uh, a new suspect kind of comes to light, and it's it's kind of one of the more I, they think promising, promising leads that they've had yeah. in, in the last thirty years. So I, I think it was kind of a good time. But you're right. I mean, you can kind of tell the progression of the the timeline. Um, filming the documentary and it is like over at least like six to eight years which is a long time yeah um so the basic premise of this story is or this disappearance is kenley was in his first like two weeks of university um he goes to what's called Corkham's Island in Lunenburg County, Nova Scotia for a weekend. returns to Acadia University the upcoming week. So that's like after the first week of school, basically, he meets these couple friends. He goes over to this girl's parents' house for the weekend. They come back. He's in school for the week. Um, and then on Friday, September the nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, Um, Kenley attended a party on campus where he was living, uh, in, like, the building that he was living on campus, and he is reported missing Wednesday of the following week when his sister is, has not seen him since Sunday. Um, Kenley's case was added to the Nova Scotia Department of Justice Reward for Major Unsolved Crimes program in 2012, which, so this program offers rewards up to $150,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible for the disappearance of Kenley, Um, but of course they take on other cases as well. In 2017, as part of the continuing investigation, the RCMP released an age progression sketch of what Kenley might look like now in an effort to obtain new information that would assist with the investigation, Um, so we will post that photo. When the documentary Missing Kenley was released in September of 2022, the Southwest Nova Scotia RCMP Major Crimes Unit made another publicly public plea for information in the hopes of generating new tips. Um, at that time, they did not receive any information. However, on May 29th of 2023, Southwest Nova Scotia RCMP Major Crimes Unit received a phone call from a journalist to schedule a meeting concerning information that they had about the investigation. RCMP officers met with the journalists and learned that a search had been commissioned by the Globe and Mail and took place on what's known as Melanson Mountain on May 23rd and 24th of 2023. Um, And we will talk about Melanson Mountain uh, a lot later in the story. This search included the use of a cadaver dog from the International Police Work Dog Association, and its purpose was to try and locate human remains. The dog indicated an area of interest, however, no human remains were actually located. Um, so, we're going to talk a bit about those searches as well later as well as the uh, RCMP searches that will take place after that. Um, Because essentially the RCMP finds out that the Globe and Mail has done this search on the mountain themselves because the RCMP has never searched this mountain. Um, And and of course they get involved after they find out that there may have been hit on human remains. So we will talk about that a bit later as well. Um, But about the documentary, if you did watch it, it was created by Ron Lamont, who is an associate professor at Lesley University. He taught history and documentary filmmaking and had always wanted to produce a true crime documentary. Kenley's story had already intrigued him. um, And after Ron produced a documentary called The Call of the Wind, where he traced the steps of... Uh, Chris McCandles or McCandless, who died in 1992 in the Alaskan wilderness. Um, a private investigator reached out, who called himself Mike M, reached out to Ron Lamont's inbox with Kenley's story because I think the PI initially thought that there could be a connection between Chris and Kenley's stories. Um, Ron Lamont wasn't able to actually find any links, but this kind of sp- spurred him to know more about what happened, how did Kenley disappear, and... Uh, he just started getting more he, bits and pieces of information. And Yeah, and he, he was inspired his to yeah, keep going and really investigate this case. So Ron Lamont made his first trip to Canada in 2012 to start the documentary process. He raised $82,000 through a Kickstarter campaign to begin the principal photography... And officially began oh, filming in 2014. Um, oh yeah, so I have it in here. The project total took eight years.
0: I can't believe he went into it with that much money so quickly. Like, in like, I'm um, shocked in a good way.
1: Yeah, he had to raise it, but yeah, he raised eighty two thousand dollars to start making the the movie and or the the documentary. Um wow. And yeah, filming began in 2014, and of course we know we got the final product in 2022. Hmm. So now that we have that out of the way, we will get into the disappearance of Kenley. Alan Kenley Matheson, who went by the name Kenley, was born on May 8th, 1972 and grew up in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia with his sister, Kareen, his mother, Sarah McDonald, and his father, Alan Matheson. Sarah and Alan were 19 and 21 when they had Kenley and his sister, Kareen, was born two years later. Both Kenley and Kareen were raised on their parents' farm until the their parents divorced when the kids were teenagers. Um, so they were 13 and 15 when Sarah and Alan divorced. Ouch. Those are tough ages. Yeah, they seemed okay with it. The documentary and like none of the research really talks about that like weighing too heavy on them. It seems like they still had a really close oh. relationship with both of their parents Um, the property that they grew up on like when their parents were still together was 140 acres of land so Kenley and Kareen really had like all the freedom in the world to go explore and play their parents weren't worried about them like running in the streets because the streets was their property you'd have to make it to the street for them to have to worry about it like right and it it was back in a time when nobody was really too concerned about that anyways kids like you know that Karen kind of talked. You know, I don't remember ever asking you if we could just go to the river. We just went there. Um, so yeah. they did a lot of they did a lot of exploring, a lot of playing. Um, they had a lot of freedom. When their parents divorced, their dad moved into a house in town and being that they were teenagers, Kenley and Kareen were like kind of excited and were like, Hell yeah, we're gonna move in with dad we're because we're be city we want, kids for a bit. Right. We wanna be close to our friends. And so they ended up moving in with their dad in town. Yeah. Kareen said that she and Kenley were so close growing up that many people thought they were twins because they were so close in age. Um, She was only two years younger than Kenley and they were just so, so close and spent so much time together that people often would ask if they were twins. Uh, It's talked a lot in the documentary about how much Kenley loved the outdoors, even since he was a kid. Um, He was constantly exploring nature in any way that he could. Um, He loved it. It seemed like marine biology was a thing that he was hoping to get into in school. And he just really, really liked being outside. Sure did. Kenley's personality is described as quiet on the reserved side. He was described as introverted. Um, He didn't need to be the center of attention. He just really thrived on like living and experiencing life. He played baseball and he loved hockey and he was described by his friends and family as intelligent. Yeah. Kenley was adventurous and so after high school he decided that going to university just like wasn't for him right away. Leave Um, year. Instead he bought a motorcycle which is. That's a great option. (laughs) It really speaks to who he was as a person it feels um, just kind of that adventure free spirit free spirit exactly (laughs) um and so he bought a motorcycle and decided to drive and just see the country from i wish i had the confidence to do that when i was his age right i feel like that and that's the age to do it too i mean i think about you know where i'm at in life now and um i could do anything i want i mean i'm 32 years old the world is my oyster but where I'm at right now in my life and, like, the goals that I have aren't really just, like, run away to Bali or, like, you know what I mean? No. Go, like, explore the country just for fun. And, like, I, don't know. Know. I never had a travel bug as uh, a 20-year-old. But I think if you're going to do something like that, like, that's it's the, the right time. time. It's the time to do it. No strings um, attached. Just go do it. Yeah. So from July to November 1990, um, Kenley lived in Banff, Alberta. Which, if you don't know the country very well, is actually really far from Nova Scotia. Like Nova Scotia is way on the east coast of Canada, whereas Banff, Alberta, is kind of a lot closer to where we are. Just literally second province from the right or left. I mean, the second province uh, in the west. So it's very far from home. Uh, He worked as a houseman at the Banff Springs Hotel. And when he returned to Cape Breton, he read an article, uh, a December 4th, 1990 article in the Halifax Herald about uh, an earth, he calls himself Earth Walker and his name is Paul Coleman. So okay. he hears about this guy who decides I'm so proud he's going to, okay. yeah, he wants to walk to Brazil to save the rainforest. Oh. Um so Kenley, of course, it's like right up his alley, decides that he's going to oh, meet yeah. up with this guy and walk to Brazil with him. He's like, oh, you're walking to Brazil? I'm definitely walking to Brazil. Yo, so was I. Let's do it together. hundred <laughs> percent. So he starts traveling with this guy. They're like camping, staying in church basement halls. They're doing talks to promote saving the rainforest. Um, but they really had to like look for accommodation and food. They had no money coming in. Eventually, they throw in the towel in Louisiana, and Kenley heads back to Banff.
0: hmm so,
1: Louisiana. Yeah, they didn't make it very far, but good on them for trying. Yeah. It was a the, effort, effort. the effort was there, and it was for a good cause, because we still need to save the rainforest. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Kenley met a new friend in Banff. Uh, so he was staying in a youth hostel in Banff when he, when he went back. He meets a guy named Mike. They both had motorcycles and they're both looking for an adventure. So match made in heaven. The two of them, they yeah. end up riding their motorbikes to Prince George, which is kind of in like mid to northern B.C. Because mm-hmm. Mike had a friend who worked in the tree planting business in northern B.C. Very common. Yeah. Yes. Yes um kenley loved this idea of course he loved the outdoors and he also um his family talks a lot about like that he he liked to work like he liked hard work he liked making money he didn't like sitting still uh so he was quite excited about the tree gig. gig. <laughs> yeah and you sure do i don't <laughs> he loves sitting still i'm pretty sure yesterday he said mine, mine said that he hates getting up he's he standing up i feel that some days yeah. mm-hmm yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> I just can't. So they go tree planting. And I mean, it sounds like they were kind of more interested in just like going somewhere than specifically yeah. like being in Prince George tree planting. But Which it was something an ad- to do. And it was like an adventure. They needed to make some money. Yeah. So uh as soon as they get into prince george though kenley apparently crashes his motorcycle though he's like relatively uninjured and didn't end up in the hospital um but they like they literally get into town and he crashes Mm -hmm. mike said there is really good money to be made in tree planting um and so they did that for the entire season though it was like really hard work they just knew they would be making good money in December nineteen ninety one, when the tree planting season is over, Mike and Kenley decide to travel from Vancouver, BC, to Mexico. Um, so, tree planting actually ended in August, but then they went to Mex uh, Vancouver. Sorry, they share an apartment for a few months, and then in December, they decide to travel to Mexico, Central America, and there are talks of going to Costa Rica. Now, why not? The weather's crappy here, and you're not really settled anywhere
0: so to right. speak and
1: they're both quite adventurous they have their their yeah. motorcycle they're going on a on a jaunt world travelers a jaunt. um <laughs> a world jaunt they're going on a world jaunt so they don't end up making it all the way to costa rica but they did make it to guatemala and belize um and on one of their one of their excursions over i believe it's from mexico like mazatlan to Guatemala. They have to take an overnight ferry and there's an interesting incident that Mike kind of describes that occurs on this ferry. Um, So they... Mike says that they were all playing cards. It's like this massive overnight ship. So there's rooms that people can sleep in and stuff. There's like hundreds of people on this boat. It's a big boat. It's not like our little I BC ferries. It's kind of
0: like a, when you see trains with like a lot of cabins and rooms, but places you can kind of conjoin together, too. It's I that's correct. what I
1: pictured when he said that so. yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's kind of the idea. Um they're drinking this bottle of liquor that like has the worm in it um they finish it off like somebody eats the worm they don't remember who and Naturally. when the bottle is finished mike is like notices kenley's not there but isn't really that concerned about it because they can do their own thing um but he ends up looking maybe for he went to the bathroom like or like yeah maybe he went to the bathroom but he does end up going looking for him anyways and um he finds kenley on the Very top deck of this massive boat. um, And he's on the other side of the barricade with nothing between him and the water. Yeah, like the railing's like on his bum and he's like holding behind him. Yeah. And so Mike said that he really didn't seem worried about the situation and like seemed pretty comfortable up there. And so he's like hey man what are you doing Kenley gets down and then the next day Mike asked him about this and Kenley had absolutely no recollection of the event Um, and it kind of comes up later or throughout the documentary that Kenley is like maybe not the best drinker in the world like maybe alcohol affects him a little bit harder than uh, like some other people Um, a, a lot of people are like that and quicker, yes. like a lot. A lot of people are like that. Alcohol affects all of us differently, but it just seemed like maybe he was a lot more like mouthy when he was drunk. Would say things that he like never would because he was like so quiet. We all and have that one friend
0: that gets drunk or drinks something particular and gets a little bit egotistical, almost like they get sure. real tough. Kind I mean, of.
1: I can admit that i I think a lot of us say things that we like wish we didn't when we're drinking but it sounds like maybe his was to like another level that's kind of the vibe i got
0: yeah his was excessively intense
1: yeah just compared to like who he was on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. so okay on january 23rd 1992 kenley decides to fly back to canada from their you know south american excursion um and he flies home under the name m carlson which I thought was interesting. It is. Like, why? This is also just, a time, like, 1992, you didn't necessarily... It was very low security. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know that you necessarily needed a passport for a lot of places. You need, like, a
0: driver's license, but those were a dime a dozen to get fakes.
1: Yeah, there's just really low security and not as not as. It's pre-9-11. Like... 11. That's and, the bottom exactly, line. Exactly. Pre-9-11. Um, that's all yeah. we have to really
0: say. So Everyone can... knows what you mean by that now.
1: Yeah, Kenley spends two months at home in Cape Breton before flying or returning, sorry, back to BC in April of 1992 for another season of tree planting. So he goes back oh. once, once this season is over, Kenley is returning like he returns home, but he makes a stop in Montreal on his way back to Nova Scotia to see a female friend that he had met while tree planting. Um. Now, this female friend in the documentary, she kind of describes Kenley like confessing his love for yeah. her, and she, you know, gently lets him down because she's seeing someone else. And then he just kind of like hitchhikes home. He just leaves. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Too bad. So, I don't know that there's like much to that story, but felt like like it's it's part of the story, so I would include it.
0: For your first big real heartbreaker letdown still whether he embellished it or not might still play into sure. his overall story
1: sure yeah so so he hitch he hitchhikes, sorry back to cape breton and when he gets home his family and friends at home like really recognize how much kenley had changed from the experiences that he had had um he had a lot more world experience his perspective had changed he saw a lot of things that people in his life couldn't relate to and i think if you are from a small town cuz like Cape Breton is very small, very small. You yeah. know that there are those people who like left and then there's people that don't leave and i think there is a stark contrast between like your experiences there's people and, and those people in a bubble.
0: Yeah, And how I you know.
1: see the world. And so they just really recognized that he um he was just different. Yeah, he was
0: just more not more advanced. He just had different
1: interests. He spent his time differently. Yeah. Absolutely. So, after a couple months back at home, though, Kenley actually decides to enroll in Acadia University, which is a university in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, with his sister, Kareen, who would be attending straight out of high school. Um, So, there's no real discussion in the documentary about if this was, um like, his idea, or I was say was, his choice. <laughs> if it was kind of like suggested to him by his parents, like Karen's going, you should go too,
0: but. But they were really, really close, so maybe it was also something that they had decided.
1: I don't know. Totally, and his parents didn't seem like they were pushy, so I just nobody ever really says like why Kenley decided he was going to go to university, but it seems like maybe he just wanted to go with his sister, Um, because Rain said that like she thought that they were at the beginning of a really cool adventure together, like she was really excited to go on bark on this journey with him um and they were really close so it seemed like he just yeah. maybe was like ready to go because she was going yeah, maybe because yeah. yeah
0: she's it's hard because we never hear from kenley but she's like quite mature and well-spoken so i can only imagine he was in a similar way so mm-hmm. if they were like really good friends i feel like they probably also could like sit and just like chat about anything
1: so yeah maybe they just want it... to stay together that's what it sounded like. Like They sounded yeah. like they were very close, like best friends. Um, and yeah, she like re- they were
0: siblings without being able to choose, but they like chose to be friends. Exactly. They genuinely yes. liked each other.
1: hmm Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so the two of them, they leave on September 5th, 1992. It's a beautiful day. They pack up a van and they head from Cape Breton to Wolfville, which I didn't look at how far that is, but I'm curious. I don't think it's that far. 4 hours and 15 minutes from Cape Breton. Well, it's further than I thought. Cuz Cape Breton is an island in Nova Scotia, right? It's kind of um, it's it's bigger it's than far Vancouver far Island, but it yeah, it's similar. It's kind of like how we live on an island in a province. It's an island within the province of Nova Scotia. Um We've got a so lot lot of we'll, islands. Wolfville's kind of like on the main, um, the mainland of Nova Scotia. And then Cape Breton where Kenley and Karine lived was on this island. Um, But yeah, it's about four hours to Wolfville from where they were living. So Karine said that as they got closer to the university, she could definitely tell that the feeling was kind of like more heavy for Kenley than exciting to get to the university like she was really excited to go but she felt like maybe he was starting to have second thoughts a little bit was just not as excited as um, just going along with it kind of yeah and they they talk in the documentary about him seeming specifically concerned about frosh week which i thought was really interesting Um, and maybe just because he was I would be too introverted and not super social like yeah you are introverted (laughs) and I am like I would say I'm more of like an introverted extrovert like I can thrive in social situations and they don't really make me anxious but I can see how frosh week would be like really overwhelming for someone who's like a true introvert Um, especially because I think as a newcomer and you're from like a small town maybe you have this big idea of like you know, you're going to be new and people are going to play a prank on you or something. I don't know.
0: Yes. A thousand yeah? percent you Is do. Is that the
1: fear? Okay.
0: Yes. Whether you're going to do something embarrassing, you're going to fuck something up, someone's going to tell you to do something and you're going to try to do it and you won't be able to in front of a group and it's embarrassing. Okay. There's uh, so many different things. So many things.
1: Okay. So, yeah. he. So I mean, he things. was just stressed out about Frosh Week for whatever reason that was. Um, And mm. when they did eventually get to the university, Kenley made kind of like an offhand comment to their dad like, "Oh, why don't you just take me back and drop me off at the airport?" Hmm. So he was like it was obvious that he was having doubts about committing to university, but yeah. I I think that that also speaks to his very like kind of adventurous free spirit, free spirit nature that, you I know, agree. being tied to one university for 4 years, like he's not used to being tied to one spot. He's in Banff, he's in Mexico, I can he's in Guatemala too. You're like in the car and your sister's like I can't wait to do this.
0: I'm going to be here for the next 4 years. I'm in this and that and he's just feeling this daunting feeling of like
1: like I'm not in ready to settle down there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready to settle down in life. I want to go to Belize. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, only 2 weeks into school, Kenley goes missing. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: There is this party at the residence where he was living so he he got placed in what's called Kroll Tower. Um, he was living on the ninth floor of this tower and there's a party at this residence on Friday September 18th, 1992. Uh, this night in question is known as the tower party. It was yes. a huge party. It started on, like, one of the floors, and then eventually all the floors just kind of, like, congregate onto the main floor. Sounds pretty badass, to be honest. It sounded fun. Yeah. I didn't really get to experience anything like that in university because I didn't live on campus. That. And also, the university that I went to just wasn't really like that. I don't even know if there was parties like that if you did live on campus. So, I didn't get to experience anything like this, but it sounds fun. Agreed. And Same. Kenley however was described at this party as heavily intoxicated. Um it was suggested that maybe he had done some drinking in his room prior to the party. A bunch of people at the party were like very concerned with how drunk he was and his behavior well, we was... know he gets
0: very affected by alcohol.
1: Yeah, and his his behavior is said to have escalated throughout the night. So yeah. It sounds like maybe he pissed off a couple of people hitting on their girlfriends um shocking that's gonna yeah. piss people off yeah so there was a couple people that sounded like maybe he was like getting a little bit too friendly with who they were seeing or their girlfriends mm-hmm. and kareen was actually not at this party because she was visiting halifax for the weekend mm-hmm. but one of the girls that kenny was hitting on or the the guy that was upset about it was one of her close friends so um, he kind of said in the documentary that that night he was like, I'm just going to drop it for now and I'm going to bring it up to Karen. My friend's little see brother, her. Yeah, like her bit brother. Older brother, but still yeah. she was just like, oh, I yeah. think at this point Karen I don't want to say like took care of Kenley, but the vibe I that I got
0: responsibility. was.
1: She did. She was really making sure that like. It sounded like she was really trying to keep tabs on him. Like, oh, I saw him going to his class. I would pass him here. I would try and like hook up with like him to she make knew study that he wasn't thriving. Correct,
0: and that's, was like I, monitoring from afar and trying to like intervene and guide when she could. That's
1: totally the vibe that I got. Was that yeah. she was like kind of looking out for him in this first Whether couple of weeks? Whether he knew it or not, yeah, yeah. So, um. Kareen, yeah, this friend of hers, Mike, brings it up with uh, her when she returns, and um, Awkward, so hey. Kareen just kind of knows that she's going to have to have a conversation with Kenley about, like, what happened on Friday night. Yeah.
0: Someone so, needs to at least address it with him.
1: Yeah the next day is Saturday, September 19th, 1992. There are no known signs of Kenley this day. Kareen goes to see Kenley in his room on Sunday on September 20th, 1992. This is at around 4 p.m. when she gets back from Halifax um she had already heard this information from mike and so she wanted to make a plan with kenley for the week ahead because like i said it seemed like she kind of planned like let's meet up to do homework let's meet up to have a study the date. check-ins. they had like a chemistry class together yep. so they could do like mutual um stuff so she wanted to check in with him make a plan for the week and also kind of have a conversation with him about what she had heard from mike
0: well yeah
1: yeah she, when she like she has the right approach though do it like gently and she seems like a very gentle person like if you watch yeah. the documentary she doesn't very seem soft yeah like, like the kind of person who i a few times she was like trying to get angry and i was like <laughs> oh Ooh. oh my god my version of angry is so much more feral than this same yeah yes yeah um, and, like maybe because she was on camera, but still, I feel like she just still seemed like such a gentle kind no, person, such level-headed person. And actually, she is a she's like a teacher now, so that tracks. Aww, that makes sense. Uh When Kay Rain gets to Kenley's room on Sunday to like check on him and chat with him about the party that he was at, Kenley is sitting in his room and he clearly is experiencing what I and I feel like many people like to call anxiety. Yep, he is definitely not feeling great about his behavior on Friday and he's just kind of like moping in his room probably feeling quite anxious about the things he said and did yeah she just said he was like really sitting in there being pretty mopey um So they chat and they do set up a time for Monday night to do some calculus homework together. Oh, maybe it was calculus they had together. I do talk about it later, but. um, Either way, they had a class together and that provided her a chance to do homework, study, practice for
0: tests, be his partner, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I have it here. Karen and Kenley, they shared calculus every Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) From 8.30 to 10. Oh, and then it was him and his friend Jill from high school that shared chemistry oh, okay. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8.30. And Kareen would see them passing by on the way to her own chemistry oh, class. Oh, yeah. They'd pass by because right. she has the block after them or whatever. Yes. Yes. Or in the wing So after. that was okay, kind yeah. of another way for her, though, to, like, see if he was in class, right? Like, she yeah. could be like, oh, hey. Um. So it was just something if she didn't see him, she would have noticed yeah so Karine, she goes back to her own residence um at 9 p.m on sunday night now this is not an original statement but it's the story as it is now todd barker who was the resident assistant of kroll tower yeah says that at 9 p.m on sunday night he knocked on the door to give Kenley a piece of paper to sign for, like, his room agreement. Okay. Kenley you've already done that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, he says Kenley only opens the door a crack. and yeah, like an eye. Yeah, but Todd thought that this was, like, kind of normal for Kenley and didn't stick out to him as odd. He said that he had seen, like, his behavior over the last couple of weeks, and he was a guy that really, like, kept to himself. So he just this didn't stick out to him. Um, and he also said he thought he might be ironing. Uh, <laughs> Kenley's mom, Sarah, did say that ironing was something Kenley did do regularly. So it's possible he was ironing. But, but like what makes you think that like oh, I could just smell the starch? Yeah, I'm not really sure. But this is just like an, this is just another sighting of Kenley. Now, interestingly enough, Todd had a is it really a- though. So Todd had originally stated, like, when Kenley first went missing, he stated that he saw Kenley at 9 p.m. on Monday to sign the room agreement, and he changes his statement two years later and says that it was actually yeah. Sunday night and says that the resident meeting, the the meeting with the resident assistants was always on Sundays, so that's why he knows he would have brought him the paperwork after the meeting, and it wouldn't Honestly. have been Monday right hmm. so it's just like interesting a little that, flippy
0: floppy but okay
1: it's interesting that you would change your statement two years later um but as of today the statement is that he saw him at 9 p.m on sunday okay on monday september 21st 1992 so this is the next day after K. kareen goes to see kenley in his room Kenley's friend, Tom Gordon, who was a British exchange student, took money out of the ATM. And as he was heading back toward campus on Main Street, he states he sees Kenley across the road on the other side of the street, walking in the opposite direction. Um, And he says they gave each other a wave only. They didn't interact. And then gives this very detailed description of what he was wearing. Like says he's wearing a baseball cap that he always wore, his purple LA Lakers hat, very casual clothing. Just, just like seems like he was weird, going though, because for a everything's stroll. so
0: casual so weird, though, casual so a casual, then such of a so recount of what such wearing.
1: And a detailed recount of what talk wearing. this a This is going to talk about this a This is uh, of a little a recurring character He's a recurring character. a recurring a Um, Kenley met two people really early on in his university it was Tom Gordon and a female friend Kirsten Tomlinson Um, and they both have kind of interesting counts personalities well and like interesting recollections of what happened in that time that just don't match and given that they were spending so much time together it's just like interesting to me and something I can't get over
0: that woman just something about her yeah demeanor yeah I don't know what it is like also her delivery like the way she Mm -hmm. talks and the way she talks about things are very like sure I don't know there's something about her that just made me have I think more questions than answers not that I I think and and I'm not implying anything against her she just I didn't feel very clear once she spoke
1: no I 100% agree Yeah. Uh, yeah I have way more questions than answers after hearing her interview on the documentary so, Kenley is not in chemistry or any of his classes on Monday. That's Monday the 21st when Tom Gordon says he sees him just walking through town. His and he's mom, not
0: known to be someone to miss class.
1: No, and he had an 8.30 a.m. class that he missed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His mother, Sarah, calls him but gets no answer. So, she had phoned, like, the number where he lived in Kroll Tower, which was a payphone for the floor. And this person who picked up the phone said Kenley had gone downstairs for supper.
0: Which, again, if you don't know who he is that well, and it's dinner time, and he's not in his room, I think that's probably just a fair answer, like a fair assumption. Yeah, because like, I uh, was wondering that too. He's not like, do, did he probably go to know dinner?
1: That? Yeah. yeah. So Kenley then did not attend his study session with K. on Monday night. He misses the study session. So now mom and sis are, like,
0: going to start putting some pieces together. Yeah,
1: they, they're both now unable to reach him. Um, yeah. Kareen tries to contact Kenley for a study session on Tuesday morning and is also unable to reach him. Mm-hmm. She leaves a message and the person leaves a note on Kenley's door to call her back. Kareen asked a few of her friends and Kenley's friends if they had seen Kenley, but nobody had seen him in class or otherwise. Kenley is not in any classes on Tuesday or Wednesday and there are no sightings of him. When Kenley was not in class again on Wednesday, Kareen went to her friend Mike, um, like who we talked about before. Uh, she goes to his room. Sorry, Kareen goes to find her friend Mike and they go to Kenley's room together. Like she goes to see Mike and is like, have you heard from Kenley? Have you seen Kenley? Um, and they're both just kind of talking about how it's just, weird that he's gone like they're not talking like he's disappeared they're just kind of talking like it's just a bit odd like, behavior where the fuck could he be like nobody's so seen weird. him yeah. exactly um they go. they go to kenley's room this is wednesday and they find all these notes taped to the door still to call her to call her mom and kenley's like finding the newspapers there. on the doorstep
0: when a family goes missing like that just immediately shows you that no one's checking messages a hundred
1: percent. So scary. Um, Karen sees the resident assistant, Todd Barker, and expressed her concerns to him. And she said that he seemed concerned as well, All, almost like maybe he hadn't seen him either. And so with Karen coming to him, he's like, oh, that's really weird then. Yeah. Uh, Todd, then, this part just kind of was weird to me, insinuates that maybe he committed suicide in his room. Like to his own sister what He's in like, his room
0: makes you think
1: <laughs> scared of what you're gonna find in there. Like, what a weird ass thing to say to someone's family member, right? And like,
0: if A, you thought someone was suicidal, why did you not try to get them help earlier? And right. B, if you think that's the case, why would you be so callous with that kind of com- like comment?
1: All of the above, it's the strangest thing to me. It's, it's like, so it's fucked up. not a funny joke. This person's actually concerned about where their family member is. And you're like, oh, be careful when you walk in there. Like, what? Um, No. So so she walks in. The closet's open. It's full of clothes. There's like a pie plate with cigarettes. um, And Kareen said his backpack was there on Wednesday. Which is important to note. Yeah. um, And it didn't look at all like he packed up and left. It looked like he just went to class or something. But and she everybody says, around him
0: says that his backpack is equivalent to, like, a purse. Like, if he was even just stepping out to go for coffee with a friend, he would just grab it and take it with him. It has everything he carries day-to-day in it.
1: Yeah, the backpack... The backpack is a bit strange in the documentary as well. There's, like, a lot of question around... Like, back and forth. Back and forth about if it was in the room, if it wasn't in the room. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I have, I have here that... The backpack was there, but then I thought the backpack wasn't there when Kareen went in. So, Kareen at first says it is there, and then
0: it's almost like they go back and it's not, but then the sketchy Tomlin friend or whatever, she goes in and says, like, the backpack's there, and he would never leave without it, so that's weird. So, like, it's like 50% of people are saying it wasn't there, so maybe he just took off, and the other half were saying, well, like, if his bag's there, but everything else isn't and he's gone then maybe someone took him like they're yeah. just there's weird. definitely like question like a about yeah. whether
1: the backpack was left behind or not yeah yeah so after finding no sign of kenley or any sign that he had seen the notes caring calls her parents and kenley's dad alan comes down the next day on thursday kenley is reported missing to the Wolfville wolfville police by his father that day when he was reported missing, Kenley was described as 20 years old, 5 foot 9, 150 pounds, with green eyes and brown hair. He had a gold hoop earring in his left ear, and he was thought to last be seen wearing jeans, a purple t-shirt, a purple LA Lakers ball cap, a blue Helly Hansen mountain coat, brown loafers. Um, however, again, we're going to talk about this last sighting in a bit more detail at a later time. Now, it's important to discuss that when the police begin their investigation into Kenley being missing, they really investigate it as somebody who just left on an adventure. And I think he just walked off because he was not the college type of person. So we just got to find him. It was assumed that Kenley just decided to pick up and leave. And police were really exploring like where he went and not what might have happened to him. Um, they didn't work based off a of foul play theory at all in the beginning. Um, but what that means is that, like, no evidence was taken. The scene wasn't secured. People were in and out of that room. Uh, the room probably in not even talking to the right people right out the gates, getting no. enough information. But, like, it, you know, it wasn't treated as a crime scene. No forensics were done. Um, yeah. So... They did check all the airlines, bus routes. Um, They put his disappearance on the news and the radio. They spoke to witnesses and family. And We do know he's traveled with a different name before. I was going to say we do know that as well, that he has been on uh, trips and not used his real name. Um, But they did try and, like, talk to witnesses and family and anyone who thought they might have seen him. They just really did not investigate this as a crime. And... I think that now looking back, they see that that was a problem. But at the time, it just, they didn't feel like there was anything to investigate, I think.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I, yeah. Without a doubt. And we hear this a lot, where then when they do decide that they want to change the, like, vantage point that they're taking,
1: mm-hmm. it's too late for evidence, which is a big mishap. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing missing in his room except for his shaving kit his blue Helly Hansen jacket, uh, his passport was left in the room. Potentially his backpack was not in the room. There's also a Greenpeace ad missing from the newspaper in his room. And there were cigarettes butts in the room that were never tested. No DNA was taken. Nothing was seized from the room as evidence. Um, honestly, his stuff was just like given back to the family a couple months later. Yeah. They were like, we're Uh, done
0: with this. And I think they said though that when they got the items back, the backpack wasn't given back to them, which also made, no, Kairi like that's what made her like question if she'd seen it it there because she's like, what the fuck, the backpack was there.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the backpack is not given back, and it doesn't seem like it was in the room at the time that they were cataloging items. Kenley also had $4,165.67 in his bank account when he went missing, Um, and besides $20 that he took out of the ATM, uh, I believe it was either on the Sunday or the Monday. I thought it was the Monday. Mm, Let me look. Sunday 1 15 p.m. Kenley withdrew $20 from an ATM on Main Street on Sunday but there were no other sightings of him that day it was just the ATM withdrawal Um, so that's kind of why they were able to like track his movements that day but um, Mm -hmm. besides that $20 that he took out of the ATM on Sunday the money in his bank account has never been touched to this day and that was all the money he made tree planting Which, if they were really making a good sum of money, was probably a decent amount sitting there. Yeah. So, now we're going to talk about kind of the discrepancy about when Kenley might last have been seen, and why there's a discrepancy. Um, And there's a couple different versions of this as well, which is another reason why it's just kind of up in the air. Kenley is reportedly last seen on September 21st, 1992, which is the Monday, uh, and Tom Gordon recounts this on the documentary as uh, this the incident where he's walking on Main Street in Wolfville. It was said at the time that he was wearing jeans, a purple t-shirt, his baseball cap, and he was carrying his red and black backpack and wearing brown loafers. Um, however, Tom Gordon had given a different version to investigators at the time of Kenley's disappearance, so investigators uh, the investigator notes from the original investigation state that tom last saw kenley at 2 p.m so the same time but walking past the rink which is a completely different part of town yeah um and interestingly enough that kind of combines like two statements that tom had originally given somebody else when kenley first went confusing his
0: stories kind of it seems like yeah so
1: there's like exactly there's a version so originally it it seems like Tom told somebody that he had seen Kenley twice on Monday um once on in town on Main Street that's like the bank machine I just saw him and gave him a wave story and another time at around 4pm where he originally states he sees Kenley walking out of town near the ice rink um and this sighting of Kenley at 4pm has him heading out of town near towards New Minus in Kentville. Um, and Tom said that at the time he was heading towards the gym, which at that time was the last reported sighting of him. Tom recounts on the documentary that he does did not remember the second time at all and that he never saw him near the rink, that he only saw him at the 2 p.m. on Main Street. But then, like I said, the investigator notes from the original investigation have Tom seeing him... At 2 p.m. but walking past the rink, which kind of combines the two statements. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to know. But you can't be in two places at once. We know
0: that. So what the hell is going on here, guys?
1: And he really, like, Tom in the documentary, Tom Gordon, like... That's weird. Really says he doesn't remember the arena rink sighting at all. He says it was always on Main Street. So it's just hard to know... So, Kareen believes that she was the last person to see Kenley alive on Sunday, basically, when she visited him. I think she was, too, personally. Yeah. When she visited him in student housing, she does not understand how absolutely nobody but Tom saw Kenley on Monday. Nobody. Um, And he just, like, happens to see him in the middle of town, and they give a wave, and he has this, like, wildly detailed description of him. Yeah. He's trying to mess up the timeline of when he
0: could have last been seen.
1: I don't know it's just really I can't get over it's possible he's just really nervous and he doesn't remember or or, like I don't know but it doesn't make sense is all I can really come to is that this this last sighting is a huge problem for me because nobody can corroborate it and everybody has a different version of it and so yeah Kareen thinks that she was actually the last person to see him alive on Sunday when she visited him in student housing.
0: Yeah. Something about the guy the way that this Gordon guy answers questions is uncomfortable. He has a lot of like weird pauses and the way he answers is just weird to me. And again, not implying that he's done anything, but yeah. maybe just we'll some in, weird. There, maybe factors. we'll insert
1: a clip because there's a specific there's a specific clip that I'm that I'm thinking of where he's asked like, um, do you know what happened to Kenley? Which to me is like a very simple yes or no question. And he goes off on a random tangent. Well, there's one where he's like, nope.
0: Wish I did though.
1: Yeah. Imagine if I did. And you're it's, like, what? It's really interesting. So there's well, one. I would have just said no. There's one specific one that I'm thinking of that struck me as very odd. And maybe I will, we will insert the clip around here somewhere just so that like anyone who hasn't watched it can get the vibe for what we're saying because i would hate to have us just we're not blaming anybody we're literally just saying the behavior was a bit odd i don't want anyone to think that we're saying he did anything i just it was strange no i am not
0: implicating either of his friends it's just by chance the two people that they interviewed for this
1: well and that were the closest to him during that time
0: yeah, they're just both people with kind of unusual, awkward personalities, but in such yeah. different
1: ways that it makes yeah. them both look very unusual. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and many people believe Kenley just took off. Lots of people even still think that today, that he just didn't want to live that life Doesn't anymore they and took off. That but I think he went to be part of an
0: experiment to see about like uh, for a company that thinks that they can make people disappear. What? I thought there was something, in there that they were like, we wouldn't even run it past Kenley to go on, like, an experiment to see if you could
1: make people disappear.
0: Oh. As in, like, just
1: give them a whole new life and let them disappear. Oh, there was no, like, actual information about that. I don't think it would... No, it was, like, a like passing that. comment
0: that someone was like, yeah. that's the kind of shit
1: he would do. Exactly, so it's like, yeah. And a, a who lot knows of,
0: where he could be?
1: A lot of people do think he's still alive and just took off, but Kareen does not believe that Kenley would just leave without saying anything to his family, like... He had Especially traveled her. and explored many times before and they always knew where he was. Now there was an interesting piece um, in the documentary just with respect to mental health uh, and I thought it was you know worthwhile to mention Kenley's mom Sarah McDonald mentioned in the documentary that she is bipolar and that she thought that Kenley might be bipolar as well and she said that she found with Kenley that it it ran in, like, three-year cycles. And so she had said she noticed it in, like, grade 6 and grade 9 and grade 12. And then the year that Kenley went missing would have been the next, like, third year of the cycle. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting. There's not really anything more to that. Um, Just that there, if there could be a mental health aspect, like, perhaps he could have run off and not meant to harm his family, or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, if something are is going on, there are people that just have mental health-wise, yeah, like a mental health break and just walk away from their lives. Yeah, like possible. It's not. I don't think it's super plausible, and there's no evidence of it. But I don't think in his case, it doesn't strike me as the situation here. No, no, but just worth mentioning um Agreed. in november of 1992 kenley's father and stepmom come back to acadia university and they get the rest of his things uh there's no inventory of his stuff there, nothing is still being treated as a crime scene the investigation into his disappearance also because it's such a small police department they've probably never really dealt with anything like this it's just going shift to shift officer to officer like there's no one person assigned to his case the it's chief of police. Around, yeah, the chief of police is the only person who's actually involved with the case on a day to day basis. Um, so yeah, there's not like one person dedicated to the investigation. Which I mean, kind of fair. It's been at a bit of a standstill for years now. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go back to uh, Kirsten Tomlinson and Tom Gordon for a bit because there's there's some other stuff in here. So, there's a bit ton pack there for sure. Yeah. So, Tom Gordon, he's a British exchange student. We already mentioned that. Kristen Tomlinson, it seems like she's local to the area. Her dad lived on Corkham's Island, which was like close by. Cork. Um, It was said that in the first two weeks of university, if there was somebody that Kenley hung around with a lot, it was Tom Gordon. They both lived on the ninth floor of Kroll Tower, and they both also bonded with Kirsten Tomlinson as they were all mature students. Um, So it seems like Tom was kind of saying it as like a camaraderie because they were like older. I get it kirsten had a car and so the three of them would often take off together to explore like local sites and go do things together on september 11th 1992 which is only like six or seven days after kenley arrived at acadia university and a week before he went missing kenley goes to a place called corkham's island with kirsten and tom um so that's, I mean, the three of them haven't known one another that long to spend an entire weekend together, but get it. But how reckless
0: were you with your just like plans when you were 19? Oh, 100%. I would have gone.
1: They weren't jet skiing. And
0: in, I feel like in that setting you're with someone 24-7. So four days together 24-7 at school. You yeah. really get to know someone. I could see them being like, yeah, let's do that. Let's well, go away. It,
1: it seemed like this place on Corkum's Island was pretty sweet. Like, it was her dad's place. They had jet skis. It was pretty relaxing. And it wasn't like far. A fun, like, a fun time. Not far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were back to Acadia by Sunday. On Monday, September 14th, Kenley was back in class for the week. Um, then he goes missing, and Tom claims to be the last person to see him, so... We kind of talked already about like the multiple sightings, but there's also a really strange version of events where Kirsten says that she actually went to the resident assisted Todd Barker with Tom before Kareen to ch- went to check on his room on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So Kareen was thought to be the only person to enter the room between when Kenley was report like. When Kenley was last seen and when he was reported missing. Then Kirsten comes out and says that she thinks that her and Tom went together on like Monday or Tuesday. She can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday. She says that Todd Barker, the RA, took her and Tom up to check on Kenley's room. And they went in the room and the backpack was there. And then She, in the documentary, starts kind of getting, like, teary-eyed about the backpack being there. Yeah, the Um, backpack's a big deal to her. Yeah, and then, so now Kareen is saying when she entered the room on Wednesday, the backpack was gone. Mm -hmm. So, again, this backpack is all over the map, but... Backpack is a big ticket item. The final story seems to be that Kareen now believes there was no backpack when she entered the room on Wednesday, and Kirsten is saying she entered the room on Monday and Tuesday, and there was a backpack
0: yeah now again i think that kareen decided that it wasn't there because they didn't get it returned to them as well
1: with the evidence so i think that's also why um so yeah the backpack was not an item that was returned to the family like katie said and but nobody else nobody else including tom or todd barker can corroborate this version of events and this girl is like she is convinced that this happened um, it's not included in any of their original statements. The police claim there is no indication to them that anybody entered the room before Kareen on Wednesday. And it's just a really strange wrench in the entire story. Yeah, I agree. And I thought it was weird that she has such a hang up on the backpack. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, yes, and Todd Barker claims that Kareen is the first person to point out to him that Kenley was missing and wanted entry into the room. He says nobody asked for entry before. However, he says that the rooms in Kroll Tower were really easy to break into. He, apparently, all you needed was, like, I don't, I don't remember what it was, was, but it it was, like, one household object, (laughs) and you could just break into any of the rooms on the ninth floor. So... The okay. other part of the other part of this that made me believe that this version of events that Kirsten is saying maybe didn't happen is that it seemed like Tom um, wrote literally everything in a diary, and there was nothing in there about him and Kirsten being like concerned about Kenley missing and approaching the RA. And it this even guy even brings wrote out the diary and like reads from it. It's everything, everything in the diary. Yeah. Um, Yeah, not his, that he
0: journals, he, but just that that's not in it if he journals to that extent.
1: Yeah, we're, we're going to cut it pretty quick here for part one because it's definitely a two-parter. But his journal from Wednesday the 23rd reads that Tom and Kirsten discussed the disappearance for the, of Kenley for the first time on that day. Uh, which would kind of negate her story that they talked about it earlier and entered the room. Tom and Kirsten then also go to New Minus that day to drop off some film. And there's a part in the journal about getting Kirsten's car cleaned in New Minus. Tom skips over this line three times. Even Being when like, the, Oh, oh, what? Even when the interviewer kind of tries to prompt him to read it, he continuously yeah. just skips over this part about like, them getting her car, car washed. Which is really strange.
0: Yeah, like, why do you need it cleaned when you're out of town that time? And even if it's not a big deal, why are you skipping over it when you're retelling the story?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of other kind of interesting stuff that happens after this. It's, it's, with respect to Tom and Kirsten, like, there, there's other stuff. Um, but we can cut it here and... We'll be able to give you the other half like right away, <laughs> cause yeah, like it's, Thursday even. I was gonna say this week because it's already done writing. We just it's a lot longer to record than I thought, and <laughs> we tr- we've been trying to keep these episodes for you guys with the, in like an hour. So oh, the hour-ish. It's not. And we gr- just did
0: like a series and then like an hour and a half long episode, so it's just.
1: Yeah, it's not the greatest place to stop, but when we come back, we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about some of the more strange things that happened with like the whole Kirsten Tom saga, Um, not really related to the stuff we've already talked about. This is new stuff somehow. Uh, And then there are some possible sightings of Kenley over the years, and there's a new suspect, and then this Melanson Mountain thing. So we do have quite a bit to get through, so we'll stop it here. We'll come back in a couple of days, and I'll give you the rest. But, uh, yeah, it just ended up being a lot longer. It's way longer
0: than I expected, to. because I know where you're at in
1: this, and there is a lot to go over still. There's a a ton, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we will see you all in 48 hours. Yeah, thank you for being here. If you don't follow us already, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, That's about it right now. TikTok. And we will be pulling the draw for the giveaway winner. We just had a long weekend and both of us were busy, but we're going to draw that this week. So I'll let you guys know who the winner is. We'll Uh, be in touch. Yeah. Make sure to rate and review wherever you're listening. That's it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'll call you soon. Okay. (gasps) Okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Fucking. <laughs>